Welcome to Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer. It's the 83rd episode, and I am back with another emergency podcast in 2024. This time, it's major news in the driver market. But before we get to that, first, a quick reminder to check out the link tree in the description. It has links to all the platforms you can find this podcast or the ways you can contact me. Now, let's talk about Lewis Hamilton moving to Ferrari. Well, this was something I was not expecting to wake up to for sure on February 1st. Lewis Hamilton appears to be moving to Ferrari. Uh, it's all but confirmed at this point. Uh, the first reports I saw were I saw a Sky Sports graphic, and it was someone, some random uh, person on Twitter replying to it, and I was like, "Oh, this has to be a joke. Like that, that has to be a fake account. There's no way this is actually what's happening." So, of course, I start refreshing all my feeds, and then the flood of Hamilton to Ferrari news just comes piling in all the the top uh, influencers or you know F1 personalities are commenting on it Sky Sports is reporting it as if it's already happened um, and I just start losing it basically you know Hamilton is my driver it's well documented on this podcast that I am a Hamilton and Mercedes supporter now I try to keep things unbiased on here, even though this is called break bias, but wow, uh, I had to do some questioning myself. I'm like, am I going to be a Ferrari fan now, or am I going to stay true to Mercedes, but kind of cheer on Lewis from afar? I'm not sure. We'll see because this move is not for this year. Don't be confused. If you are thinking that, uh, Lewis Hamilton will be driving for Ferrari in 2024, that is not the case. He will be driving for an entire another year in the Mercedes W15 alongside George Russell. Uh, Carlos Sainz will be driving for Ferrari this upcoming season as well. I mean, car launch season just around the corner. Um, In fact, Haas launches tomorrow. So I'm recording on Thursday. Haas will launch on Friday. And then a couple teams launch on Monday. Um, Yeah, car launch season is here. Preseason testing is just around the corner. Sainz and Hamilton will be staying with you know, their, their respective teams for this year. Uh, but then the following year, Hamilton will be driving for Mercedes alongside Charles Leclerc. Um, so I don't want to get into that too much because, um, I guess cats out of the bag here as well. I will be back for good on Monday. That was always the plan. I just felt this, this, this is emergency pod worthy. I have to, I work in a couple hours. Um, so I'm going to be keeping this, this brief, but I felt I have to just pop the mic and start talking about this because this is as big as news could, could possibly get in the formula one world. I mean, I work for a Kitchener radio station and we're talking about the Hamilton move to Ferrari in Canada. So, um, that is a, it, it, this is a huge deal. So, as I said, this is happening for 2025. I reacted pretty, I was pretty shocked to hear this news. And um, as I said, was uh, questioning some things. But I think the there's three main questions that come from a move like this. And that's basically, you know, what does this mean for Mercedes in, in terms of both their 2023 hopes and then 
Obviously, who will be replacing Lewis Hamilton there? What does this mean for Ferrari in terms of um, maybe uh, moving forward? And then also, what does this mean for for Carlos? So I'll start off with the Mercedes one um, because part of me also also thinks that yeah yes this this was rumored earlier in 2023 so i'm assuming this has been worked on since those rumors like all the way back in like monaco in 2023 we were hearing that hamilton to ferrari rumors were possible and he sort of shut them down and kind of gave the old cliche answer of how mercedes is still a championship winning team um i have not lost faith in them blah 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 um, but for this to have happened so early, to me, it does sort of feel like Hamilton has lost faith in Mercedes. And again, um, I'm back on Monday with a whole episode of um, what you can expect for 2025 and and then also recapping some of the things that have already happened. So I don't want to, you know, get too far ahead of myself and then have to repeat myself on Monday. Um, but it sounds like good things are coming out of Mercedes. So it's uh, a bit surprising to see Lewis Hamilton jump ship before even getting in the W15. Um, but he did just do some simulator runs. I doubt that he, you know, hopped in the simulator, was like, this ain't it, and then just went and silent Ferrari. This has obviously been worked on for a while. Um, but it does um, sort of uh, uh, lessen the excitement I have for this 2024 season because I was starting to get a little hopeful again that Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren could all make a little bit of steps, um, especially with Red Bull uh, potentially you know, plateauing at the top of their development. I don't know if that's true, but it's possible. So I was getting hopeful again, um, just like all us F1 hopefuls are, um, or hopeless, I should say. I'm not, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, it certainly, it makes me uh, question the Mercedes development a little bit. Um, so that's disappointing, but we'll see. Time, only time will tell there. And, uh, yeah, potentially uh, some fireworks between George and, and Lewis now within the team because, well, Lewis really has nothing left to lose. I'm also really looking forward to see um, to seeing how this team will communicate moving forward with Lewis and how Lewis himself will also communicate this move. Um, it is basically all confirmed as well that Mercedes has informed um the team at Brackley, they they invited all the staff for a meeting. Uh, apparently, lasted about ten minutes, according to a Sky Sports reporter. I do forget her name, so I apologize for that. Um, but she was reporting live, or not live, but from Brackley, um, that they just had the meeting, and it was to announce that Lewis Hamilton will be moving on. So, at the time of recording, no official announcement from either of the teams or. Lewis Hamilton himself, but it pretty much does look all but confirmed, and I do think that's interesting um, that they had that staff meeting because clearly Lewis is Mercedes to an extent, and uh, for a lot of those staff members, um, they're probably just taken aback by the fact that he's leaving for another team. I feel like they expected a retirement in the coming few years, not that he would be leaving for another team, so... I do think that sort of speaks volumes about Lewis Hamilton's standing uh, in Mercedes. I also wonder if he was feeling the pressure from George Russell a little bit. Um, 
I know uh, I've already watched Tomo's reaction. I have a lot of respect for him as a F1 content creator. I think he's fantastic. Um, so full credit to his comment here. But he is saying that George Russell is is right there, and he probably is pressuring Lewis. But to say that Lewis is running from a fight is completely inaccurate because we all know Charles Leclerc is just as good, if not better, in a lot of people's eyes. So this is actually more of a challenge for Lewis coming into a, a team like Ferrari, who, um, where I think Mercedes allowed Lewis to an extent to be bigger than the team, even though they would never say that, and Lewis Hamilton would never say that either. Um, I'm not sure Ferrari would let that happen. Ferrari is always going to be Ferrari. Hamilton is one of their drivers, um, where I think seeing Hamilton or seeing Mercedes rather without Hamilton is going to be like, I don't know how many fans they're going to have anymore. I'm not even sure what identity they're going to have because yes, they will always be that, you know, dominant, uh, uh, turbo hybrid era team, but that was with Hamilton in the fold. And even the other one who won the championship was Rosberg. They're both gone. Is Russell a big enough uh, personality in Formula One and a big enough talent to really um, keep Mercedes on the map? I don't know. It's uh, it's another one that time will tell. So, yeah, uh, seeing what this will mean for Mercedes is very interesting. Um, and then the last part of it, of course, is who will be replacing Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes, there is a few options here. Um, I'm not going to give a prediction because I think that's another uh, uh, idea that I'm going to have for an entire episode, if not part of an episode later on, is doing some uh, predictions for 2025 and who will be in what seat. Uh, I think the options are, are are pretty clear, though. There's three main ones, in my opinion. It's uh, a straight swap with Carlos Sainz. It's promoting Alex Albon. Or it's bringing in the young star, Kimi Antonelli, from Formula 2. And for those of you who don't know him, you will know him soon. He is probably the most hyped prospect. Uh, I'm trying to think. Probably since the the Leclerc-Russell Norris era. Um, Leclerc probably being the biggest name from that era. Uh, So, yeah, I would say he probably is the most hyped prospect since Leclerc. Um, If not honestly even more hyped like Kimi Antonelli is the real deal he has completely skipped Formula 3 he has an insane amount of karting accolades Um, he's special so we'll see how he does in Formula 2 this year in his debut season if he smashes it who knows maybe Mercedes will put him right in that car Uh, they will clearly have a dynamic of Russell being the team lead Kimi Antonelli will be learning from him similar to a, a Norris Piastri dynamic it could be interesting it could be a play, but there are also a lot of concerns with that as well because if Mercedes feels like they're ready to challenge in 2025, do they want to put a rookie in the car? I'm not so sure. So, yeah, I think I've pretty much covered Mercedes there, and I don't think this one will actually take that long. What does this mean for Ferrari? Well, I would say it's it's sort of twofold. This is going to be huge because Lewis Hamilton commercially is massive. So is Ferrari's already <laughs> as big as big gets in Formula One. They don't even have to have a marquee driver lineup, and they're still one of the most talked about Formula One teams and most famous Formula One teams. But with Lewis Hamilton in the fold, it's just it's they're they're bigger than the sport. And you could argue that argue that they were already, but 
the both of these brands as in the lewis hamilton brand and the ferrari brand are bigger than formula one so to put them together this is like a smash hit commercially it's, it's really insane um hamilton fans and ferrari fans have not always got along because in that 2017-2018 era, that's who they were pitted against each other. Now they're going to be forced to work together because that's that's what's coming up. Um, so commercially, this is just insane for F1 fans. This is insane. Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari. I think it was something that was always talked about because stars of the caliber of Lewis Hamilton always seem to uh, give Ferrari a chance. You know, it's the, uh, the old adage of, Every kid dreams of driving the red car. Um, and even though that wasn't technically the case for Lewis Hamilton, because uh, uh, from a child, it seemed he always wanted to drive for McLaren, he already did that. And then he went to Mercedes, won all those titles. He already did that. The only thing left that he has never done is Ferrari. So I wonder if that was uh, sort of a, a, a just, you know, screw it sort of uh, moment for Lewis. Maybe he's sort of realized that maybe a championship won't come. What else can I get out of um, out of Formula One while I'm still here? A chance to drive for Ferrari is pretty special, so I, I understand that to an extent as well. The other thing I think this means for Ferrari is sort of a negative one. They had a really good thing going, I think, with Leclerc and Sainz as a driver pairing. Um, there was a sort of perfect dynamic there, as, as a lot of people thought, because Sainz was always about two to three tenths off when the car was in the right place. Yeah, there was that part in the middle of the 2023 season where it looked like Sainz um, was getting the better of Leclerc, um, but the car was not, was not, uh, it was sort of in the middle of a new development path. And you saw that by the end of the year, it was sort of tailored more to Leclerc's liking again. And then Leclerc sort of started to outshine Sainz once again. I think it's going to continue to move in that direction. Um, and this year, you're going to see a better Charles Leclerc. And uh, not a bad Carlos Sainz, because Sainz is great. He is he is close to Leclerc. He is just as close as you want a second driver to be. But I think that sort of 2022 dynamic you saw with a clear uh, Leclerc Sainz 1-2 um, sort of standing within the team, I think that's going to re-emerge in 2024. And... Uh, that's going to be lost in 2025 because Lewis Hamilton is going to be coming in there hungry and going to be want to uh, get some team members around him. And I'll say this. I don't know if Lewis Hamilton is going to be able to do it. He's going to be 40 years old and he's going to be going up a against a rapid Charles Leclerc. You could argue that Leclerc is the quickest driver in Formula One, not the best. There is a difference there. Qualifying pace a lot of people rate Leclerc number one over anyone right now in the sport. Um, and honestly, maybe this is a hot take. I would put George Russell probably in the top three. So I don't think it's going to be a whole brand new challenge in qualifying. Uh, Lewis was already going up one of the, uh, up against one of the best qualifiers in the sport in my books. Um, but Leclerc is, is a little bit quicker on race day than George as well. And if he can sort of... Uh, you know, he, I would still say Leclerc's a bit rough around the edges for someone who's been in the sport for a while. If he could just refine some of those sharp edges that he has and become just a little bit of a better racer, Leclerc is absolutely world championship material. Um, 
it's hard because I do rate George pretty close to Charles, so I don't think it's a, this whole new challenge, but it was Lewis Hamilton's team at Mercedes. Lewis is coming into Charles's team. He's going to have to relearn all the tendencies of the Ferrari, um, so it's obviously going to be a bigger challenge, and now Ferrari has the challenge of dealing with two alphas, and that is something that could be a blessing in disguise for Mercedes. Um, to have George move into a clear number one spot, Ferrari's going to have to deal with that again. They're going to have a 1A and a 1B. They might be at each other's necks. Who knows? They might get along very well at the start. It's all time will tell, of course, but that is certainly going to be a challenge for them. And I will say this for Charles' case as well, because of who Lewis is and because of how um, just big he is in the paddock, there are already rumors that people are, or people as in engineers and just staff members within Formula One are moving to Ferrari to sort of join Lewis Hamilton there. Lewis is going to have people around him. He, people just gravitate to that guy, right? Because he's just, he's him, really. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. He is him. Um, so that will happen. And Charles will have to uh, do his best to keep the team around him at Ferrari and not uh, let it be Lewis's team. And Fred Vasseur and the rest of uh, Ferrari management are going to have to manage that as well. So that's all there is for Ferrari. And what's left is what does this mean for Carlos Sainz? And I guess I don't have a whole lot here to say either. I think that 2024 is going to be a tough year for Carlos. Um, I already think he's not going to be able to get the better of Charles this year. Um, as Ferrari sort of takes a small step towards Red Bull, I think Leclerc will uh, be that number one. But he, he's gonna he's gonna have to deal with a year of knowing that he's not going to be with the team next year. So he's really just gonna have to prioritize himself. He might not he he won't have to care about the relationship he has with Charles anymore. I feel like that was always something that he would have wanted to push a little bit more if he could, but he knew Charles's um, standing within the team was very strong. And if he started pushing the wrong buttons, he was going to get kicked out. Now he has nothing to lose. So if he knows he's not returning to Ferrari, he can battle Charles all he wants. So um, we could see some spicy inner team battles, but in Mercedes and Ferrari this year, because of this move, um, and we could see a different sort of Carlos Sainz in the paddock as well, which is very exciting. Um, but on the other hand, of course, by prioritizing himself, Carlos is going to be having to look elsewhere very early on. Uh, there's tons of rumors about moving to Stake, a.k.a. Sauber, a.k.a. formerly Alfa Romeo. Um, and you would think, oh, that's certainly a backwards move. Yes, in the short term, it's a backwards move. But when they become Audi in 2026... Um, not expecting Audi to uh, be world beaters right away, but there is a, a strong development path. And his father, uh, Carlos Sainz Sr., also does have ties with Audi. So that's why there are rumors for that team. But he also could move to Mercedes, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, a quick little stopgap there until Kimi Antonelli is ready to uh, jump into the fold. Carlos could definitely serve there shortly and then maybe go to Audi later when they're a little bit more... Um, you know, integrated into Formula One. The other option is Aston Martin, but the issue there is that Fernando Alonso would have to retire or Lance Stroll would have to 
leaves the team, whether it's a dismissal or his father sells it or whatever. We all know the situation with Lance Stroll. So something would have to happen there for a spot to open up. But I think Aston Martin would be a great fit for Carlos too. It would be super cool to see Carlos and Fernando in the same team. Um, as, uh, of course, they are both Spanish and signs uh, or Alonso was a role model to signs. So that would be super cool. Probably unlikely to happen. I would say Aston Martin is probably the least likely to happen out of those options. Um, but yeah, Audi probably the most likely. That's what this means for Carlos. It's going to be an exciting year, guys. If this is what um, we can expect in 2024, it's going to be a great Formula One season. The 2025 silly season has already lived up to the incredible hype it was basically rumored to have because there are just so many drivers out of contracts. I will certainly be talking about that um, on Monday. So look forward to that. That's all I have on Hamilton to Ferrari. I will quickly say though, before I wrap up here, there was also some other big news that just basically got completely overshadowed by this Hamilton to Ferrari stuff is that the Andretti update is sort of dead for a little bit as they did finally get rejected by Formula One uh, and the team and the team owners and and all that. So yeah, we're not going to be seeing an 11th team anytime soon. Uh, The Formula One uh, commercial rights holders, as you would call them, um, said basically Andretti will not bring value to Formula One. And in fact, Formula One would only bring value to the Andretti name, which is a, a pretty shocking gut punch right there to Andretti. But they're leaving the door open for 2028 if, and pretty much only if, this team is basically General Motors and not Andretti. They don't believe Andretti would be competitive and they think that would only uh, w- would basically bring nothing to Formula One. A lot of people are unhappy, including myself. I would love to see an 11th team. I think it's a little bit of bogus as well because I have no doubt in my mind that if Andretti joined in 2025, by 2026, they probably wouldn't finish last. So already they're they're looking better. And with a potential deal later on with or, or more integration with General Motors in the future, I think they could easily become a midfield team. Who knows? Maybe even a contender. It would just be an exciting way to tap into the American market as well. I feel like they could bring a ton of value, but Formula One obviously doesn't see it that way. And uh, a lot of people are saying that it's ridiculous to say that Andretti brings no value to the sport when we have two teams with basically no identity right now. Haas with this weird um, sort of aged model of working in Formula One that's just not working anymore as the teams sort of all progress past Haas. And then we also have this Wish.com Red Bull team. Yes, I'm going to call them that. They are Wish.com Red Bull. They're not Visa Cash App RB. I don't know what that is. That's not a team name. So they basically might as well be the knockoff Red Bulls, aka the Wish.com Red Bulls. So from this point on, that is what I will call them. Um, so the wish.com Red Bulls and Haas basically have zero identity in the sport and bring zero value already. So to say that Andretti wouldn't is just ludicrous. That's what everyone else is saying. That's not what I'm saying. I know that sounds like exactly what I'm saying and then I agree with them. Um, but I understand the point. However, to disagree with them, they came in at a different, at a different point of Formula One. 
I actually didn't even know this. So a bit of learning for Brad here. Um, Formula One basically begged Red Bull to bring that second team into the sport when they did. So Red Bull was doing F1 a favor in bringing in Toro Rosso when they did um, and buying out Minardi. Now there's no room for them, and Zach Brown is is making that very clear. He's pushing against uh, uh, AlphaTauri or Wish.com, Red Bull, whatever you want to call them, um, staying in the sport. And I, at this point, I do agree. I think there is absolutely no place for them. They shouldn't be there, uh, but you can't force them to sell, so it's a bit of a tricky situation. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's just a shame to not see an 11th team is, is I guess all I'll say I'm rambling a little bit and uh, yeah I didn't prepare for this episode at all this was all just off of the cuff you could probably tell by my uh, my disorganization um, but anyway I will be back on Monday there's no huge announcement it's not like I'm changing my name or changing my logo or anything um, but I am hoping to uh, have a bit of an, a different identity when I come back on Monday because the plan is to be back on video uh, my setup in my basement is sort of ready to go. Um, so while I start recording and all this F1 stuff starts happening, there might be a little bit of a change there. But uh, yeah, I have some new ideas, some new goals for this year. And I'm really looking forward to a somewhat new break bias in 2024. And that all starts on Monday. So that will do it for episode 83 of Break Bias. I'm your host, Brad Kramer, and I will be back to officially launch Break Bias 2024 on Monday. Goodbye.